Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. And of course, I'm joined by my co-host, sidekick, Tom Dorian. Wingman. Wingman. How are you doing, Tom? I'm great. How are you? I'm fine and dandy. Good. Uh, Fine and dandy like cotton candy, as my six-year-old says. Seriously. Shout out to Mary. How you doing, Mary? I like that. I wonder where she picked that up. Uh, You know what? uh, She picks up a lot of stuff that I don't even realize that she does, so I have to be careful when I talk around here. That's true. Because she gets my sarcastic sarcastic sense of humor sometimes. Yes. You sarcastic? No, not me. No. I'm nothing but gentle and loving. I would never believe that. Anyway, speaking of gentle and loving, yes, we're going to talk about our Blessed Mother. Absolutely perfect. Yeah, see how that transition that worked? That was great, yeah. You know, in fact, You're a what, pro. we're going to talk about one of the dogmas of Mary okay. that a lot of times people don't realize was really a great controversy early on. Okay. And has still continued to be a controversy even today. Big, she's a big sticking point with a lot of a lot of folks out there. Yeah, there's a lot of people that don't have the same idea and understanding about the Blessed Mother right. that the Catholic Church has. You're right. And so we need to talk about some of these things and just kind of lay it out there. And we want to talk about the different dogmas of Mary, but we're going to focus on Mary, the Holy Mother of God. Okay. And that's and that's a good thing to talk about, especially since it was talked about early on. Right. Very early on in church history, there was this discussion and debate about the role of Mary in the church. Okay. Right? And we, and, and we saw early on there were people that were like, wait a second. Okay, Jesus was fully God. Jesus was fully human, right? And Mary was the mother of Jesus, fully God, so and Jesus fully her? human. Yeah, right. So there were people that started realizing the extension of that and saying, well, that would make her the mother of God. Right. And that was a, that's been a sticking point for a lot of people. Yes. I remember watching a movie not long ago, and um, it was one of those disaster movies. Okay. Right, and in the disaster movie, at the end, this guy needed a lot of strength to do this heroic thing. Mm-hmm. So he's a Catholic guy in the movie, and, right. this is, and this is a mainstream movie, right? Mm-hmm. Well, he starts praying the Hail Mary, of course, right? And he, but he does this in a way where almost like a rosary, where he's repeating Hail Marys. Yeah, it's just giving him strength, right? Which I thought that was that's kind of a beautiful little notion, absolutely. Except that every time he prayed the Hail Mary, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. And then right as he's getting ready to say, Holy Mary, Mother of God, uh-huh. they cut away to something else. You know, the the, the eruption of the volcano or something. It's like was, they wanted to just blot that whole part that's out. That's right. So then when huh. come back to him, Hail Mary, full of grace, right? Then right when he got ready to say, Holy Mary, you know, they cut away. Wow. Right? The part where it was Mother of God. Yeah. Because I think there's a lot of folks out there They're that have a problem. Well, they have a problem calling Mary Mother of God. They think that almost makes her a goddess. Yeah. Right? When in truth... You know, early on, one of her names was Theotokos, which means God-bearer. Right. Right? She bore God. Right. And and I, this is problematic for a lot of people. In fact, there's oh. a there's a really neat uh, version of the Ave Maria. Okay. That's a very contemporary, mm-hmm. where they sing Ave Maria at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But in the part where you'd be saying, Holy Mary, Mother of God, they've changed that, and they have new lyrics there. Someone... Wrote new lyrics. Is for that, that within part. the church? No, no. This is not in the church. These are. This is sort of a more uh, a popular music. Okay. Okay. Thing. So you have some of these these uh, 
uh, songstresses out there, you know, singing beautiful versions of Ave, Ave Maria, and yet when they play the second half of Ave Maria, they just kind of forget that Holy Mary, Mother of God. Huh. Because this can be offensive to people, which you and I both know there's no offense in this at all. No. In fact, it's one of the great mysteries of the church. Yeah. Right? And so we shouldn't divorce ourselves of the of this teaching. Uh, in mm. fact, as as Catholics, we can't. Right. Right, because we don't what we a lot of people don't realize that if once you take one of the dogmas of Mary and you say, Well, we don't need this one. I believe these three, but I don't believe this one. Yeah, they they, they kinda don't want you picking and choosing. That's right. That's it's all it's it's yeah, it's it's like a it's like a buffet, but you gotta take one right. of everything. That's the that's the pizza, remember? <laughs> that's the pizza? exactly right. Our first episode. Exactly. That's right. The Catholic Church is the fullness of faith and, and you have to take the entire yeah. the pizza supreme, including right. the anchovies. You take get it all. it all. Take it all. <laughs> that's right. But we have no anchovies on our pizza. No. It's it's a it's a good pizza. But all that aside, <laughs> Let's let's look at scripture because th- there right. are actually some Good some idea. little hints in scripture okay. that will help us, and and obviously one of the one of the first ones that we would call up is uh, is the gospel according to Luke, okay, chapter one verse forty three, and this is when Mary goes to visit her cousin Elizabeth, okay, right, and I love Elizabeth's words. She just matter of factly she speaks plainly and she says, and why is this granted me that the mother of my Lord should come to me. So Elizabeth calls Mary the mother of her Lord. Right? Yeah, so. And so right off the bat, I mean, and Lord at that time when we would say Lord, I mean, we're, we're talking about God here. Exactly. Right? So she's saying, Mary, you're the mother of God. Yeah, so we're scratching our heads going, okay, so why is this a big deal? Why, why is it a problem? Yeah. Right? And then also we also see, we now we know that the, the phrase Son of God, which is used in Scripture many times. Right. Right? And it's capital S, Son of God. We know this. Yeah. We, and we know the Son of God is God. Right. Right? And, and, and part of our Trinitarian belief, if we believe that right. the Father is God and the Holy Spirit is God, we also believe that the Son is God. Yeah. All three are one nature, one God, three distinct persons, one God in the Trinity. Right? Right. right. Well, and so we see the Son of God come up many times in Scripture. In fact, uh, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, that Mary would bear God's son. Mm-hmm. And what he said to him, and this is in Matthew chapter uh, 1, verse 23, Behold, a virgin will conceive and bear a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Mm-hmm. Right? So this is what Joseph hears. Mm-hmm. And so Joseph knows that this son, which is not his, right. is God's. Yes. Right? The son of God. And we know the son of God to be God. Right. Right? So Joseph understands that Jesus is God, right. and that Mary would bear God, that Mary would be the God-bearer. And then also this, uh, the angel Gabriel announced to Mary that she was to be the mother of the Son of God. And she, he says to her in uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 35, And the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Mm-hmm. So the angel Gabriel tells Mary what's about to happen. Right. Right, and of course she she gives her fiat, her yes, let it be. Right, she wants this to happen. She agrees to it. Right, she agrees to be the mother of God, at that point. Right, and so again, as you've said, you know, as as Catholics, we're going, what's the big deal, guys? I guess I guess it's it just comes down to if if you say that she's the mother of God, some people think that you're elevating her, like you said a minute ago, to you know, goddess or. Something bigger. That's exactly. That's exactly that. right. And you know, and that can that can be a problem in any 
religion right. to elevate something that wasn't ever called to be or right. wasn't espoused by that religion, right? Well, and people which look at the Catholics which and that's they will not say, what we do. That's not what we do. That's not what the church teaches. Exactly. Now, there may be individuals that elevate Mary to an improper place, right. and the church teaches against that. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's very clear about who the mother of God is, right? And what Mary means to us. Right. Right. And what we teach about Mary, the, the Catholic Church is very clear yep. that we do not worship Mary. Right. Right. She's not a god. No. She's not a goddess. Mm-mm. Right. She's a human being. Exactly. Right? She's born like us, preserved from the stain of original sin. Right. And, and protected her entire life, guarded against sin her entire life. Right. To prepare her and to make her worthy. Right. To bring God forth for us. Right. To be that channel of grace for us. Yep. But she's like us in other, uh, every other way. Right? right. She's a human. She's a human being. Yep. And so we realize that now we have a great veneration for her. Right. We honor her in the highest way of all humans. We honor her. The most above all humans. Right. Right. And that relationship is important for us to understand. And we as Catholics, that's like second nature. Right. But really, you know, there's a big problem that we have to talk about that when you deny that Mary is the mother of God. Okay. See, this is where we get back to what we saw in that movie where people and that 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 version of the Ave Maria where they've changed the the second half of the lyrics. Uh You know, this is where you get into a problem. People don't realize that if you're going to deny that Mary is the mother of God. What you're actually doing is, is, is now actually a heresy, mm-hmm. and you're actually denying the incarnation, right? Think about that for a second. If you say Mary is not the mother of God, that she's just the mother of Jesus, that means that Jesus can't be God, gotcha. right? God couldn't take on flesh. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is or that maybe she, that she gave birth to Jesus, the human boy, Mm-hmm. Right, and the human boy somehow later was infused with divinity, mm-hmm. which was an early heresy of the church. Right, right, and then suddenly now, so this was this normal child, this normal woman gave birth to this normal child, that God then infused this child with divinity, and he became a god, which is not what we teach at all. Right, but that's kind of what you're saying if you believe. It's not even scriptural. No, of course not. Yeah. No, it's not. But it's what you start to lean towards. If yeah. you believe that Mary is not the mother of God, because see, just because hmm. in the same way that that Jesus is fully God and fully human, mm-hmm. right? You can't separate him. You can't separate those those pieces of him. That's the hypostatic union. the The idea that this mystery of God and man together as one, right? Right. When you separate them, that's when you get into problems. Yeah. Right, and this was obviously a problem in the early church. People uh, talked about this. I want to read this quote from Saint Cyril of Alexandria. This came around uh, around 430 A.D. in a, uh, his commentary on Luke in, a, in one of his homilies. He said, "For a union of two natures was made, and therefore we confess one Christ, one Son, one Lord." And it was with this notion of a union that we proclaim the virgin to be the mother of God because God the word was made flesh and became man and by the act of conception united to himself the temple that he received from her. Mm -hmm. Right. He goes on and this is kind of interesting. It's a discussion. This is for the early. It's meant for the early church. People were having problems with this. Right. Mm -hmm. With this idea of 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 man and God. Mm -hmm. Right. Jesus fully human. 
and fully God. He goes on to say, For we perceive that two natures, by an inseparable union, met together in him without confusion and indivisibly. For the flesh is flesh and not deity, even though it became the flesh of God. In like manner also the word is God and not flesh, though for the dispensation's sake he made the flesh his own. Mm -hmm. But although the natures which came together to form the union are both different and unequal to one another, yet he who is formed from them both is only one. See, he's speaking of this mystery. This is a great mystery. And he goes on to complete this. We may not separate the one Lord Jesus Christ into man and God, but we affirm that Christ Jesus is one and the same, acknowledging the distinction of the natures and preserving them free from confusion with one another. Right? Now, this is some pretty heady stuff. Oh, yeah. For 400 AD. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right? We think they're back there like they're like cavemen and don't understand what's going on. But in reality, they were, sharp. They, uh, they were sharp. Oh, yeah. They were thinking through this. And this is exactly what the Catholic Church teaches even at this day. Yep. Right? And so because of this, this is why we must acclaim that Mary is the mother of God. Now, on the back end of this, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about why it's important that we believe that. Okay. Let's make reasonable sense out of this uh, this dogma, Mary, the Mother of God, and we'll do that. When we get right back. I'm Bester Zemsky, and this is another great moment in church history. Saint Bernadette Subaru was born into a simple family in the small market town of Lourdes, which lies in the foothills of the Pyrenees in southwestern France. Over the period of her childhood, the family grew poorer and poorer. Saint Bernadette's health declined as well. She was always sickly, suffering from cholera, asthma, and tuberculosis. One Thursday in February of 1958, when Saint Bernadette was only 14, She was sent with her younger sister and a friend to gather firewood for the family. They entered a grotto near her home, and St. Bernadette saw a most wonderful sight. What she described as a beautiful lady appeared to her above a rose bush in a niche in the wall of the grotto. Her sister and friend said they had seen nothing, but St. Bernadette stood transfixed, staring intently and peacefully at the niche in the wall. The lady was dressed in blue and white, and bore the most loving and peaceful smile Bernadette had ever seen. The lady then made the sign of the cross with her rosary, made of what appeared to be ivory and gold. At this, St. Bernadette, herself a devout and holy young lady, fell on her knees, took out her rosary, and began to pray with her. She appeared to St. Bernadette 18 times. The lady told her of the need to pray for sinners and to do penance. She even instructed that a chapel be built on the spot of her appearance. Only after many visitations did the beautiful lady identify herself. She told St. Bernadette, I am the Immaculate Conception. She was Mary, the most holy and ever virgin mother of God. One day, the Blessed Mother instructed St. Bernadette to dig in the mud in the grotto, and a spring of water began to flow, and it grew larger and larger. As could be expected, There were many who refused to believe that such visions had occurred, and St. Bernadette suffered greatly from this. But as time went on, more and more people began to believe, and a great devotion to Our Lady arose in Lourdes. 
Today, nearly five million pilgrims travel to Lourdes each year in hopes of physical and spiritual healings through the waters that flow from the spring. To date, there have been nearly 70 documented, scientifically authenticated, and church-approved cases of physical healing and countless miracles of the Spirit. St. Bernadette, who later became a nun, would only live to be 35, but she dedicated every day of her short life to Our Lady and to following Jesus. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the Catholic Cafe's luxurious corner booth. Luxury. Made ever more luxurious by the Mother of God, right? We are, Absolutely. We are, in, we are sitting here with the Mother of God. She's with us. Absolutely. And I'm so happy that she's here with us. And I'm happy that our church has the Mother of God. Yes. Right? And so we're talking about Mary, the Mother of God. Right. Right. And I did want to mention something. I, we were talking about you know, early heresies and whatever. And a lot of people don't realize that there are actually some very, very early prayers there's a, a prayer called the Subtuum Presidium, which is uh, from 250 A.D. And it combats those heresies or is well, an answer to those heresies? Well, this prayer. Tell, tell me, you tell me what they believed about Mary, about Mary okay. right? We fly to your patronage, O Holy Mother of God. Despise not our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Now... Sums it up. <laughs> yeah, that pretty much sums it up right there. That's got what, most of the dogmas right what, there. What century was that? The, well, this is the third century. Wow, this is 250 AD. Yeah, right. So back then, even then, there, there, we're seeing this, uh, this devotion, right, to the Blessed Mother. Yeah, right, and the acknowledgement that she is the Mother of God. Yeah, Theotokos, she's the God bearer. Yeah, and here's what's so interesting, and this is what we need to kind of move into and talk about is. Why is it important that we believe that Mary is the mother of God? You know, it's one thing to say, well, the Catholics, we got this list of things we have to believe. Little little beliefs, and then next to it's a little box, and you check that box and say, right. yeah, I believe that, believe that, believe that, believe that. But the reality is not just about those different little boxes to check. Need to need to get out of the robotic. Yeah, there's a reason behind. There's a, there's right. a, there's a I don't know, a method to the madness. Logic. Right? There's logic behind all this stuff. Yep. And it makes perfect sense. Right? It makes perfect sense to believe these things because they do good things for us. Belief in these dogmas of Mary have a, a great impact on our lives. Yeah. Right? And where we see that most uh, is, is w- what I love is the, obviously that whole idea of what happened right with, when Jesus was on the cross. He did something very special. He did. It was special for us, and it's quite important to read about this in Scripture and understand what he was intending to do when he did this. Okay. Right? He should have been preparing himself for death, right? That's what we'd be doing. Oh, I'd I'd be thinking nothing. Oh, yeah, exactly right. Well, he's thinking about us, right? So on the cross, he looks down, and who does he see? He sees sees Mary. Right, and and the disciple he loved, right? John. John, the beloved disciple. Right. He sees his mother, and he sees John. Right. Right? And listen, it's important to understand that John was not family. Right. Right? He was not immediate family. So here in... Because if he was, he would not have had... He wouldn't have had to say what he was going to say. That's exactly right. In in, in uh, John chapter 19, 
verses 26 and 27. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing near, of course, that's John. Mm -hmm. He said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. Now, let me just say, John is not family. I'm going to reiterate that. And the reason why I'm reiterating that is because if John was family, as you said, you right. just said, he wouldn't have, Jesus wouldn't have said that. He would have naturally taken... It would have been automatic. That's right. If Jesus had other brothers and sisters... John would not have entered the picture. That's exactly right. He it wouldn't have, have had to say that. Mary would have gone to the, to the, to the family. Right. 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 Which was you know, Jewish custom. Mom, go back home. That's just Jewish custom. Right. right. He, and Jesus would never violate Jewish custom. Right. Right, in that way. So what he does is he gives Mary to someone other than his immediately family. Immediate family if he had one, right? If he had brothers and sisters, which we know is a, as a church we teach he did not have brothers and sisters in the sense that they came from, from Mary's womb. Right. So. Another show. That's another show. <laughs> right. So he gave the Blessed Mother to John. And in this, the church sees that he gave her to all of us. So now we can look at Mary as our mother. There's the why. That's right. And the church teaches that she's our our mother. In fact, uh, in the catechism, uh, paragraph 501, it says, Jesus is Mary's only son, but her spiritual motherhood extends to all men whom indeed he came to save. The son whom she brought forth is he whom God placed as the firstborn among many brethren. That is, the faithful in whose generation and formation she cooperates with a mother's love. Right? She loves us like she loves her son. Right. Right? And so this is key. And this is the part where it's important for us to understand why we as a church need to recognize that Mary is God's mother. Because, see, when you do that, now you understand the whole concept of family. Right. Right? You see, Mary is the mother of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mary is the mother of God. Jesus is our adopted brother. Right? Right. Okay, so we're, we're adopted brothers and sisters of Jesus. We're adopted children of God. Mm-hmm. We read this in the scriptures. Yep. So Mary is our mother. Yep. Right? And so now we have this family. Yep. Which, of course, is just like the Trinity, yep. right? Revealed to us, God revealed himself to us as a family of persons. We talked about that earlier in the show, three yeah. persons, one nature, right? right. And of course, he was born into a holy family. Right. And so we see this concept of family. And so we realize that now we have a mother that we can go to and, and for our spiritual needs, for our spiritual enrichment, for our spiritual guidance. Right. We can ask her. We ask her intercession. In fact, this is an important concept that a lot of people miss when they're talking about Mary, when they don't understand the relationship we have with Mary. Right. Right. As our mother, we can go to her. For help. For help. For right. intercession. Right. Mary, please pray for me. In fact, that's what we read in that early subtuum presidium prayer. Right. Exactly. That, was, that, was, that was early on. They're already going. They're flying to her patronage. Right. That's what they said. You know, I fly to your patronage, O holy mother of God. And and they wanted protection from all the dangers. Right. So if this was just some ordinary lady that once she passed on, she went on like everybody else. And we, we, we had no recourse to the Blessed Mother. Right. Well, then why would they be praying in, in the third century asking for her intercession? Exactly. 
right? So this is important for us to understand, and we need to ask for her intercession. Yep. Right? She's the blessed mother. She's our mother. Yep. I mean, when we skin our knee, when we do something wrong, Not when like, we need comfort, right? Go to mom. Go? That's right. <laughs> right. We, we, that's where we go. Right. Now you know, there's nothing wrong with going to your dad. No. But there's something special about mom. Yeah. Right. And she's our mother. Yeah. And see, in the same way, remember I said we're adopted brothers and sisters of Jesus. Right. So in the same way that Mary is our mother, we can always go to her. Mm-hmm. Jesus has a mother. Mary is Jesus's mother. Right. Right. And so Jesus responds to his mother. Right. You remember the wedding feast at Cana? Yes. Right. And she says, hey, they've run out of wine. And everyone thinks, see how uh, Jesus disses his mom by saying, hey, woman, what, what, what's this to me? My time hasn't come. That's right. It's not my time. So why do you bother me with, you know, you think, well, wow, that seems kind of disrespectful. What's the very next thing that happens? Right. She turns to the people and says, do whatever he tells you. Because <laughs> she knows what's going to happen. And guess what Jesus does? He does what she asks. Yep. Yep. See, the Lord does what his mother asks of him. Right. And so this is important for us to understand, yeah. right? We ask Mary for something. She's going to ask Jesus for it's, that. It's just like your own family. That's you know, your exactly kids get right. in trouble. They go to the mom first. <laughs> okay, here's what I did. Can you kind of soften things over a little bit with dad? That's exactly right. <laughs> Help me out, mom. I know you love me. Exactly. Right? You don't want dad to kill me, do you? No. <laughs> <laughs> right? I've had that conversation before. Oh, yeah. So this is this is vitally important for us to understand that to realize that Mary there is, she's our intercessor. She's our, our chief intercessor. She is there as as the mother of the Lord. Right. Right? To do our bidding to him. Right? To, to, to tell, you know, Mary, we, 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 we need this. Yep. We desperately need this. We can pray for our country, for ourselves, for any situation. Mary takes it to her son. Yep. Right? Mary leads us to Jesus in all things. Absolutely. So this is something we always remember. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap this show up. Um, during the, the solemnity of the Holy Mother of God, mm-hmm. right, during that liturgy, there's a beautiful prayer that said, actually, the prayer over the gifts as we're preparing the gifts. Right? And remember, these gifts are going to become... That same son right, that was hanging on the cross, right? Right, right? That, that Mary is the mother of this son. Well, this is the beautiful prayer that's spoken. And so we'll close the show in this way. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O God, who in your kindness begin all good things and bring them to fulfillment, grant to us who find joy in the solemnity of the Holy Mother of God that just as we glory in the beginnings of your grace, so one day we may rejoice in its completion. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. For more information, visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You'll find many links to Catholic resources on the web. You can also listen to previous shows online, download MP3s, or take advantage of our podcast feature. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com.
The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table. Thank you.